God, we just thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for those words of encouragement, Lord God, for us to know your love for us and to be lovers of you, God, that we would rise up as the people you've called us to be. God, we just thank you for this time this morning that we've had just to, to sing songs of praise to you, to recognize who you are, to sing hallelujah, God be praised. God save, we pray. Lord God, we just thank you for this time that we can spend together and, and open your word together. And Lord God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning, that you would continue to help us understand the truths about who we are and who you are, that we would see more clearly, God, the things that you have for us, the things you're saying to us. And God, we just thank you for your love for us, Lord, that you have given your life, Lord Jesus, upon the cross, that we could be set free from the power of sin and death, that we could have life and even eternal life with you. We just thank you and praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, good morning. Welcome to church. <laughs> it's good to see you here. And uh, I just want to um, really warmly welcome any visitors we have with us this morning. And uh, if you're first time here this morning, we want to really encourage you to stay around and get to know some people that um, maybe you don't know already. And uh, even if you've been here for a long time, get to know someone you don't know already. And uh, that's all good. The last few weeks, we've been looking at a series on the book of Exodus. And... Uh, I'll let them click it up. Um, we've been looking at the book of Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible. You've got Genesis, which is all about the beginnings of creation and the history of humanity. And then you've got the book of Exodus, which is uh, right at the end of Genesis. It's Joseph, the, the guy with the cool coat, you know, the Technicolor dream coat, that guy that the story is based on. Um, Joseph is in Egypt. He's, first of all, um, well, his brothers steal his coat, throw him in a pit, they sell him as a slave. He uh, then gets falsely accused, thrown in prison, and uh, then goes to uh, interpret Pharaoh's dream and then becomes second in charge over all of Egypt. And that's when Joseph dies at the end of Genesis. And then Exodus starts, and um, yeah, we hear about the, the family of Israel has gone to be in Egypt. Um, so hang on, a little picture. Israel go into Egypt. But then God starts to talk about bringing them out of Egypt again. And through, as we look at this book of Exodus, we're talking all about how God drew his people out of Egypt. He drew them out of slavery, out of darkness, and drew them into his promised land for them, into the promised land, into his presence, into his, into his plans for them. And you know, God is still drawing us out of sinfulness, out of darkness, out of wickedness, out of evil, out of sin, and wanting to draw us into His light, into His love, into eternal life. And sometimes that journey to the promised land is not easy, as we've discovered already for the people of Israel. If you've missed the last couple of weeks and you want to catch up on what's happened, have a listen to the podcast, like some people listening to this right now, when they hear this, ah, thank you for listening. Um, and God is still working and drawing us into His presence. And the title of my message this morning is this, oh sorry, no, it's not canoe. Um, <laughs> I talked a couple of weeks ago about how in this life it's so easy just to drift along with the current of the world around us, but how God is calling us not always to follow the current and the, the, the flow of the world around us, but we want to listen to what He's saying, what His voice is saying to us and follow His ways and His plans. And the title of my message this morning is that God knows what we can do. 
God knows what we can do. He, can, he knows what you can do better than you know yourself. I wonder if you've ever had moments of doubting whether you can do what you've been called to do, or where you've been feeling totally stressed out that you can't do what you're supposed to do. This morning, I think my, my prayer is that we will hear what God says to us, what He knows we can do. I just want to pray for that before we open the Bible together. God, I, I really just pray that you would help us to see what you say about us this morning, God. Lord Jesus, that we would understand that you, the creator of the heavens and the earth, that you know us better than we know ourselves. And God, as much as we try and understand ourselves and develop ourselves and grow and be trained, God, you're the one who made us and you know us better than anyone in this world. And Lord Jesus, I just pray this morning that you'd help us to see from your perspective, God, who we are, about what you say, and the truths of, of, of what you're doing in us and through us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bible there, I encourage you to open it up and circle things, underline things, let it be something that you, you know your Bible. And some people use iPads and phones. I just can't do it because you can't circle and draw pictures and do stuff. It's, that's your choice. But if you've got your Bible there, I encourage you to open it up to Exodus. Uh, we're going to be looking mainly at chapter 3. We're going to begin at the end of chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. And it says this, Years passed, and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They're not in an easy place. They're in a horrible place. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the, flock into, led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Now I just want to pause for a second and think, you might have heard this story a thousand times before. It might be the first time you've heard it. it might be you've, you've heard it in stories and you go, oh yeah, Moses was in the, in the wilderness. He sees a bush. It's not burning up. Wow, isn't that cool? That's lovely. That's not normal. So I, I just want to point out right there, if something is burning, it gets consumed. Now, some people would say it's actually not rare for a bush to burst into flames in the desert, apparently. I haven't done the science on this, but it, it, it's not impossible for the, in the heat of the desert for a bush to burn. That's not weird. But when something is burning and doesn't burn up, that's weird. And Moses says, this is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replies. I just imagine Moses is in the wilderness, he's been looking after his sheep, he sees his bush on fire and he, he's sort of like, what the heck is going on there? He's sort of wandering over, taking a closer look and then he hears this booming voice of God saying, Moses, Moses. And I just imagine Moses kind of being freaking out saying, who is saying that? What is, what, what is that voice? Maybe he instantly just knew it was God. But he just, I just moment, imagine this moment of terror saying, who is it? Here I am. Like, who's calling me? Just imagine the image flashed before my eyes of uh, a time when I was probably 17 and I was at a birthday party where um, um, 
uh, <laughs> we were out the behind someone's house and there was a, a car driving along and uh, a few of my friends were being a little bit silly and crazy and uh, they thought it was a taxi and um, they're being silly to the taxi and then this booming voice with a loudspeaker and flashing lights starts and they, they suddenly jump back. And it's like, I imagine that's what Moses did right there. It's like, Moses, Moses! It's like alarms and, and flashing lights. Here I am, Moses replied. It's like, don't shoot. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses is terrified. God himself has come to speak to him. And it goes on. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to, to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. Just imagine Moses at this point. He's, he's come out of Egypt. He's been in Egypt. He has a love for his people. Remember, he's the one that was so disturbed by the way they were being treated that he decided to rise up and, and kill one of the Egyptian slave drivers. And then because of it, he's fled, fled for his life because they're going to kill him because he's killed an Egyptian. Like, he has a love for these people. These are his family. These are his people. And he's hearing God say this, and I think he's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And God says, It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Well, we had some more rights. Um, and he says, God says, Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. I just imagine Moses there, he's going, yes, God, you've seen, you've heard, woohoo, it's the time, you're going to do it, God, this is amazing, this is wonderful. And then he hears, now you go to Pharaoh. And Moses goes, what? No way. It's like, God, I love this plan you've got, you've seen the cries, you've heard the pain, you've seen their distress, and you're going to do something about it, this is fantastic. And then you say, and you want me to go? No way. It's like, I've been there, God, and they're already trying to kill me. I don't want to go back there. It's like, I'm quite happy just look after my sheep. Like, Jethro and his family, they're good people. I like this place. This is comfortable. God, why would you call me to go to these people? And Moses says, in verse 11, But Moses protested to God, Who am I to, prepare, to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people of Egypt, brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. I just want to sort of pause and in brackets on the side here, just sort of say, look, if you're ever trying to give someone a sign, like if you came to me and said, Andrew, I believe God's spoken to me, you need to go to, to, to Canberra and you're going to go and speak to the Prime Minister about this, this and this, and this will be your sign that when you come back again, we're going to throw you a party. I'd say to you, that is not a sign. That is like a bribe to get me to go. I don't understand why God made that the sign, I've got to say. I don't understand everything God does sometimes. 
because a sign when you come back doesn't encourage me now. I want the sign before I go. But sometimes we're waiting for the wrong sign, I think, maybe. Verse 13, But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. In other words, I am the one who always is, the one who has always been, and the one who is sovereign over all. I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also, also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Interesting prayer we heard just a moment ago. This is his name. You know, God knows what we can do. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we can do. And if God is God, if he understands us, if he knows us better than we know ourselves, if we want to know who we are, we need to listen to what he says. If we want to know who we are, if we want to understand who we can become, we need to listen to him. We need to know him. Point number one this morning is listen when God speaks. We need to listen when God speaks. You know, when I was growing up, I, um, I haven't always been a leader of things. I grew up in school and I sort of just was one of the crew at school and wasn't the most popular kid, wasn't the least popular kid. I was just in the middle of the road and sort of going through life and, and I found myself doing a few different things and sort of thought, oh, this is cool, this is fun. And I went on a camp. Um, if anyone's been, ever been to summer's camp, uh, no one else in the room will understand except you. But if you've been to summer's camp, it's crazy camp. It is just like no other camp you can describe. And it's kind of like, just picture army boot camp only for 18-year-olds still going to school. Um, we had people in tears and, and people wanting to go home. And it's, it's crazy, but I loved it. Maybe this says some more about those who went and enjoyed it. Anyway, I went on this camp and at the end of the camp... Um, there was uh, sort of this, they have all these ceremonies and things as part of the camp. It's just the way they do it all. And at the end of the camp, it was kind of, it was, it was a process of, we had to select a leader of our, 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 our tribe. And they chose me. I'm like, wow, I did not expect that. Um, and I mean, I was trying to be my best for the team. I was trying to help out the team. I was, I was trying to encourage them. There were some that were really wanting to go home. And I just sort of did my best to help them stay. And... Uh, just tried to serve our team and, and it was suddenly in that moment on that camp as my team chose me as the leader of our tribe that I thought, wow God, if this is what leadership is, I'm up for it. If I can serve people and help people become who they're created to be, I'm, I'm all in for leadership. If this is what leadership is, sign me up. And suddenly I started to see that maybe God had actually gifted me for something that I had never realised. And I want to ask you this morning, what has God gifted you for? What has God done in your life? What has He prepared you for that you've just sort of brushed it aside and just sort of thought, oh, everyone can do that. That's normal. That's what everyone does. That's what, that's, I wonder what it is for you. And I'm sure you've had people say, oh, you're so good at that, and you've just brushed it off and said, ah, oh, rubbish, whatever. But I wonder maybe if even right now God's speaking to you about that. We need to listen when God speaks. We need to be alert 
to his spirit. You know, when Moses is in the wilderness and he's looking after his sheep, he sees the bush and it's burning, but it's not burning up. But there's something within him that just says, what is going on there? There's a moment of curiosity, and I just wonder if it was the the Spirit of God drawing him to come and investigate. I don't want to encourage you to be alert to his Spirit, to be sensitive to his Holy Spirit's promptings in your life. When there's something that you're doing and you just have some stirring to think, I've just got to give that person a phone call. Just totally out of the blue. Pick up the phone. Give them a call. I've been amazed at times when God's just stirred me to send a text message to someone and they say, you know what? I just found out this person in my life is going to die. I just found out this has happened in my life. I just had so many times when God just prompts us to do things and it's because there's something that someone truly needs. Let's be alert to his spirit. Moses sees the bush burning up and not, I'm sorry, burning and not burning up and he goes, he investigates. You know, sometimes we, we, we sense God maybe drawing us to do something and we don't know what that will look like. And 12 months ago, I, I shared with the, you as a church that God has stirred a curiosity in me about investigating being a base to, to, to plant other churches in other regional towns around here. And I shared that with you because I see a, a bush that's burning and not burning up. I feel like God is stirring us as, as a church to investigate that opportunity of a Christian school in Colac. I wonder what is God stirring within you? And secondly, how are we responding to that? Are we listening to his call? I was just sharing with Selwyn and Mike and, and some of our, our leaders the other day about how I have a frustration in me right now that God has, I believe, spoken about some of those things and it's 12 months on and we haven't done everything I would have liked to have done. You know, I want to listen to his call and respond and I actually think we need to do some change, make some changes so that we can allow space and time for myself and for others to do some of those things that God is stirring within us. Let's listen when God speaks. I wonder what it is for you in your life. The third thing, when God speaks to Moses, he says... It's, it's, a, it's a realization of the sacredness of that moment. God calls out to Moses and says, Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals because you are standing on holy ground. And you know, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The, the ground where you stand is holy ground. God has made this earth and everything in it. But when God decides to speak to you or I, we need to realize the enormousness of that. That God, the creator of heavens and earth, the God who knows every person on this earth today, and he chooses to speak to you, let's not treat that as meaningless or insignificant. There is something sacred about what God is doing. You know, sometimes I think we, we hear God speak to us and God, God says something as we're reading his word, as we listen to a message, as we're praying, as we're going for a bike ride, whatever it might be. And we hear it and we go, that's fantastic, we get excited, maybe we go to a conference and we feel God really speak to our hearts and then six months, 12 months, two years goes by and it's kind of like we have so forgotten what that word was because life is busy and life happens. But I want to encourage you to go back to your journal, to go back to your diary, the places where you wrote down those things and hopefully you did and remember what God has spoken and realise the sacredness, realise the, the enormous privilege it is to be able to hear what God is saying to you. 
Don't miss what he's saying to you. Point number two this morning. Moses listens to what God says. Point number two. He says, Yahweh is his name. Yahweh is his name. You know, we can be so focused on me and my name. We can be so consumed by who I am and, and, and who I, what I've done in my life or what I can't do in my life. Or this, you know, this is my reputation. People don't like it when I do this. I, I can't do this because people don't think this much of me. And we think all about our failures or our inexperience or the fact that we haven't got enough training or we don't have enough time or we're too old, we're too young. We have all the excuses on earth for why I can't do this, whatever A, B or C might be. We get so focused on me. We get so focused on us and what we think about us. But do we remember that he is God in heaven? He is Yahweh. He is the one who knows all things, who created all things and sustains all things. And he knows you better than you know yourself. What does God say to Moses? As Moses begins to question his suitability for the role. In verse 7 to 10, he says, I have, I, oh, sorry, I have seen the oppression of my people. I have heard their cries. I am aware of their suffering. I have come down to rescue them and I will lead them out. Look, the cries of my people have reached me. They've reached God, not you, Moses. They've reached me, Yahweh. I have seen how harshly they treat them and abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. Listen to all the things he says about Moses, all the experiences he's saying about Moses and how wonderful Moses is. No, he says, I have seen, I am sending you, I know the oppression, and I will do this thing through you. You know, if you have any sense of God calling you to do anything, praise God that you can be used for his glory as his vessel, as his instrument, that he would use you to do anything in this life. Whether it be some tiny thing or some enormous thing, praise God that he would choose to use you. Because he has seen, he is the one that will do that thing. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by your knowledge, it's not by your strength. It's what God chooses to do through us. I wonder in those moments when we get all worked up, we get all churned up, we get all anxious, we get all worried, we get all, oh, woe is me, how am I ever going to get through this week? Because it's just like everything is happening and I have no strength to do this. You know that moment, I've been there too, I'm speaking to myself. I wonder when we get in those moments, if we stopped looking at ourselves and what we can't do about how we're not prepared, about how we feel weak and how we're too small, we don't know how to do it. If instead we looked at God and said, God, you're all powerful. God, you know all things. You are faithful. You are able. If we look to him instead of ourselves, I wonder how our, our selves would change. I wonder if we can try that even this week, just to, in those moments where we start to get worried, we start to get overwhelmed, that God, we say, God, you are sovereign, you are Lord of all, you are all powerful, I know, I know I am not, help me God. It is amazing how your fear, your dread, your, your worry about today can turn to rejoicing and praise and thanks and even have joy and peace for the day ahead. And isn't that exciting? We can't change who we are. We can try and learn things and grow and develop ourselves, but we can't change who we are. 
but we can change the one on whom we depend on. God says in chapter 3, verse 14, I am has sent you, Yahweh, now go. I wonder where God's sending you, who he's sending you to. And then we see over the next uh, part of chapter 3, Moses protests again. It's kind of like, but what if they don't believe me, God? What if they don't believe you've sent me? What if they don't listen to me? What am I going to do? And God says, throw that staff in your hand on the ground. And Moses kind of looks at his staff that he's carried around forever probably, and he throws his staff on the ground, and the staff becomes a snake. And God's like, uh, no, God isn't surprised. Moses looks at the staff and goes, whoa, that's crazy. That's, that's, that's kind of weird and powerful, God. And God says, yeah, do that before my people, and they'll believe you. And then God says, pick up the snake by the tail. And he picks up the snake and it turns back into his staff. And he's like, whoa, I've never seen it like this before. And then God says, put your hand in your cloak, Moses. And he puts his hand in his cloak and he pulls it out and it's white with leprosy. And God says, put it back in your coat. And he puts it back in his coat, he pulls it out and it's totally clean. He's totally healed from that leprosy. And God says, do that before my people and before Pharaoh and they'll believe you. And then he says, you know what, if they still don't believe you, Take some water from the Nile River, pour it out on the ground, and it will turn to blood, and they will believe you. They will know that I have sent you, and they will trust and believe you and listen to you. And then Moses goes, oh, crazy. That's cool, but I still don't want to go. So he's going to find some more excuses, and he says, but God, I'm not a very good speaker. Like, I've got a bit of a stutter. Well, that's what we think it probably was. He said, said, I'm not a very good speaker. I can't go and, I haven't been trained in public speaking. I can't possibly go and speak before your people and before Pharaoh. I can't do it. And it says God actually gets angry with him at this point. And he says, kind of says, will you stop complaining and just do what I've told you to do? It's like, I made your mouth. Now go. And Moses keeps complaining and then God says, well, fine, take take Aaron, your brother-in-law with you. And just go. And finally, Moses realizes that this isn't going to finish how he wants it to. And he goes with Aaron. And let's read what happens next in chapter 4, verse 29. Moses and Aaron go to Egypt. It says, Then Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called all the elders of Israel together. Aaron told them everything. Get that? Not Moses. Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses And Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. Then the people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. When they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. You know, of all the book of Exodus, I love that verse. I love that verse of the book of Exodus. The people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Point number three this morning is that I want to say that God is concerned for us. God is concerned for you. Not that he's worried about you, but he has concern for you. He loves you. He has a desire to help you become all that he created you to be, to have life and have eternal life in him. That's why Jesus came. And it says, when the people realized God's concern for them, they bowed down and worshipped. What a beautiful moment. What a beautiful picture. Nothing in the situation had changed. 
They're still captives that have been in Egypt as slaves for 400 years. They're still in that place. Nothing in the natural had changed. But they suddenly realized that God who made everything saw them, he cared about them, he'd heard their prayers and he was going to help them. And they bow down and they worship God because they realize his concern for them. You know, that is our desire as a church. That is what we exist for. Our our vision statement is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to live it. We want to know it in our own lives, that Jesus died on the cross for us, that we could have forgiveness and eternal life with him. We want to be changed by what he has done for us. And also not only live it, but communicate that to the world around us, that we would tell people about the hope that we have in him. It's our mission that people would see their God's concern for them and simply bow down and worship, that they would know God is for them and not against them. You know, how did they realize that God was for them? What did God say to Moses when he questioned God as to what he should do if they didn't believe? It says in verse 16 and 17 of chapter 3, it says, The Lord said, I have seen, I am the one, I will do these things. He says, declare this to my people. And then he says to Moses, he says, what is it in your hand? What is in your hand, Moses? And he's like, it's a staff. And he throws it down. And God uses that staff. God uses that staff in a way that Moses, I'm sure, had never dreamt that God could use his staff. And we see all through the book of Exodus, this staff that actually begin to call the staff of God through the book of Exodus. And I want to ask you that same question this morning as God asked Moses, what is in your hand? What is it in your life that you are holding on to? What experience, what opportunities, what is it that you're holding in your hands that God is saying, will you give it to me? Will you lay it down? Will you allow me to do something with your life? What is in your hand? Moses had been looking after the sheep with this thing for so long, he probably picked up this stick somewhere along his journey. He's like, oh, that'd be good shepherd stuff, that stick. I don't know, maybe he had a specially made one that was like imported from Mexico or who knows. But he had this stick and he thought it was a stick and that's all it ever was. But when he gave it up to God, God was able to use that thing in a way that turned the most powerful man's heart around in the end. (laughs) What is it in your hand? Maybe you've got a staff, maybe you've got a computer that you use every day and you're like, this is just a really annoying computer that jams up every so often, if it's anything like mine. Maybe you've got a job, maybe you've got a business, maybe you've got a opportunity, maybe you have a tractor you drive, maybe you've got an oven you cook in... Maybe you've got nappies you change. Maybe you've got, what is it in your hands that God is saying, lay it down, give it to me, and I want to transform this thing so that people will see and know my power and my concern and my love for them. What is in your hands? God knows what you can do. He knows you completely and he wants you to know him and his plan for you. What is in your hands? Maybe you are super excited about your future, about where your life is going at this point. You're, you're totally excited and, and, and running forward with excitement. 
or maybe you're totally overwhelmed or, or, or super stressed or anxious or just totally distraught about where your life is at right now. But God is calling you to lay down your life, to give your life to Him, to hear His call, to listen to His call and give it to Him and see what He will do. Even as you give that thing to you, to, to Him, I believe God can use your life in a way that will touch people and transform people's lives around you in a way that you had never imagined. God is concerned for the people around you. God loves that person you see every week whose life is just a mess and you just see them spiraling out of control. God loves that person who thinks they've got it all together but doesn't know his love and his purpose for them. It's not about who we are. It's not about our gifts. It's not about what we think we can do. It's all about him. God created us to be for his glory. I want to pray for us in a moment that we would surrender what we have and let him use the things in our hands for his glory. I'm just going to ask the band to come. To be honest, I was just totally overwhelmed this week by a way that God just chose to use me. And uh, as you know, I, I, I'm a chaplain in a school a day a week and you know, it is not about our giftedness. It is not what we do. It's not about how wonderful or anything about us. It is simply about God. You know, this week I had the chance to, to catch up with a student. I'm just going to try and keep it really broad. Um, and this kid has lost someone in their family and they're heartbroken. And... And this kid just comes to me and, and we're talking about it and, you know, I didn't have to say much at all. He was just sharing about what's happening. And, and he said, you know, my, my nan said he's in heaven with God and God's got awesome things for him to do. And I said, you know what, I totally believe that. And we just continued to talk about that and, and he, he just talked about all the things he thought his little baby brother was doing in heaven. And I just get to say, yeah, it's so cool that God would look after your little baby brother. And I didn't have to be or do or say anything much, but it's just making ourselves available in those moments. Say, God, here am I. Use me to help this person to know your love for them. And I just want to encourage you to think about your life right now, just before we close and say, God, what are the areas of my life where I'm just going through the motions and doing the things that I, I have to do and I'm missing those burning bushes? God, just point out those things in my life that you're, you're wanting me to stop and see what you're doing, to just lay down my life, that you would help someone else know your love, your care, and your concern for them. God, I just pray right now for us as individuals and as, as a church that, God, you would help us to be so quick to listen when you speak to be so sensitive to your Holy Spirit speaking to us. That, Lord God, we would know when you speak that it's not about us, it's about what you can do through us. 
God, we just pray for our community. We pray for one another that, God, we would understand your concern for us, your care, your love, your passionate love for us, that you so loved the world that you came in a human body. You gave up your rights in heaven, Lord Jesus. You, you came as a human, fully God yet fully human, and you were whipped and beaten and abused, and you took the punishment for our sin upon the cross and said, this is how much I love you. God, I just pray that you would help us to surrender, to fully hand things over to you. As Lord, your word tells us if we come to you, anyone who comes to you who lays down their life, they will receive eternal life. They will receive forgiveness for their sins. Lord, right now we just want to lay down our lives and say, Lord, use me. Use me for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name.